0: The word dinosaur was derived from two Greek words meaning terrible and reptile. They were given this name by their inventor, the English paleontologist Sir Richard Owen, in 1842. Two other Englishmen, Gideon Mantell and William Buckland, had previously and independently come across large fossilized bones which they have been unable to associate with any known animal species. Mantell believes the Earth may have been inhabited at some time in the distant past by some unusually large reptiles, but it was Owen who took the unwarranted step of asserting that this hypothesis was a proven scientific fact. To his credit, Buckland understood that the worldwide flood described in Genesis would have caused a major dislocation and redistribution of animal carcasses making it difficult to draw any hard conclusions as to which fossils belong to each species. As the 19th century progressed, and British scholars pushed more and more for exclamations of natural phenomena that disproved the Bible, the flood was forgotten, and unquantifiable long periods of time became the norm in geology, paleontology, and astronomy. The great advantage with epochs. Apox, lol. Spanning millions of years was the scope that gave for postulating new theories without ever having to actually prove anything. Whatever the experts agreed among themselves, no matter how absurd, became the accepted scientific position. It also happened that most of the experts, a cozy group of connected individuals, were Anglicans who had graduated from Oxford and Cambridge. Fossil Fraud Another problem, right from the time fossil collecting became popular in England, was the temptation to commit fraud. A good specimen could attract a high price on the open market. Basic questions regarding providence and authenticity were set aside in the race to discover something new and make a name for oneself. For example, there was no way to establish whether a specimen was genuine or it had the fossil had been fabricated and buried in a location where it was sure to be discovered by enthusiastic fossilists. Lyme Regis and Dorset became famous across Europe as a source of major finds. Though the experts were at a loss to explain how over millions of years so many prime specimens had managed to expire besides the same small village in southern England, even a brief inspection of the annals of fossil hunting and fossil reconstruction will reveal how easily it lent itself to fraud. The scientists always seemed to find what they wanted to find. Fraudulent finds could be arranged quite easily, and another dinosaur species, another proof of evolution, and an ancient Earth could be added to the shelves of the Natural History Museum in London. Oddly enough, apart occasionally find by fossil hunters in France, Germany, and the United States, the numbers recorded outside of England were abysmally low. England had Mary Inning a simple woman who roamed the beaches of Lyme Regis and made spectacular finds from time to time, but for some reason no other nation on earth had someone with her very peculiar gifts for lifting rocks and finding prehistoric monsters. It is commonly thought of that a fossil is a bone fragment preserved in the casing of rock, but this is a misconception. A fossil is a bone shaped piece of rock whose contours have been defined almost imperceptibly by the shape of the bone buried in sediment from which the rock was formed. Fossils are found only in sedimentary rock. There is no actual bone remaining. Every one of its cells has been calcified or mineralized by groundwater over a long period of time. Thus, there is no DNA, and a fossil despite the claims made by science fiction writers. If that's the case, then how is it possible to distinguish the fossil from the rock? That is a very good question. Seemingly, one needs a trained eye to detect where the rock ends and the fossil begins. For some reason, the only people who have that skill are paleontologists. But what about the world-delineated fossils that we see in some museum specimens? Those which are genuine were formed in the flood about 4,300 years ago, when animal carcasses were carried off in great quantities by torrential ocean currents and followed the large repository of mud and biomass. Over time, this material was compressed under its own weight, and then bone fragments were calcified. The same cannot be said of dinosaurs. By definition, they must have been entuned in a rock formation for at least 65 million years, and subjected over all that time to immense compression. It would be impossible for any organic substance to retain structural integrity in these circumstances over such a long period of time. This means that all of the large dinosaur fossils on display in museums are totally fake. Conclusion, in the same way that a stage magician employs illusion in this direction to deceive his audience, the agents of Satan have been, for centuries, implementing on the world stage a set of cleverly interconnected lies to mislead and deceive mankind. The world is run by a small group of highly intelligent, extremely wealthy individuals, were more devious and deceitful than would seem humanly possible. This they work closely with their infernal master in the supernatural realm to implement his schemes and draw mankind completely under his spell. Religious people must start thinking far more seriously about the world they live in. Do they see it as a god described it in his word or do they see it through the distorted lens that Satan is using to lead humanity astray and open a path for the Lucifer? They seem to have forgotten that the children of wickedness are as busy today as they were in ancient times, that they hate the righteous, they take pleasure in deception, they devise dark schemes behind closed doors, and they worship a God who loathes God. What this article makes me think of is all the research I've done over the years and the age-old adage, beware the rabbit hole and its unknown deaths. At some point, you come to the conclusion that the rabbit hole is adequately named and spans untold generations, with layers upon layers of secret societies and governments inside of governments with wheels inside of wheels. Such a coordinated effort over such a vast expanse of time still carried forward to the present with single-minded determination. Always the same agenda though, changing names in societies like a snake shed skins, demonizing their leavings. History is a set of lies agreed upon. We have no idea of the truth. The Smithsonian, for example, one of our greatest institutions respected for gathering our cultural heritage, our history, but known for hiding it instead. We hear of vast hordes of knowledge wiped out again and again in stories like the Library of Alexandria or hidden away from us like the Dead Sea Scrolls or the Miles Long Vatican Archive. Our cities are now built on top of each other. Seattle is one I've been to personally, grinding any trail of our history behind us into the dust. Zacharias Sitchin said in his book, stairway to heaven. Forgery, as a means to fame and fortune, is not uncommon in commerce and the arts, in science and antiquities. When exposed, it may cause loss and shame. When sustained, it may change the records of history. The scope and entirety of this is truly awe-inspiring, spanning generations and crossing cultural barriers, defying the ebb and flow of time itself, Who can maintain a generational plot since time immemorial? Well, folks, we have a source of information for this. After all, he only left you basic instructions before leaving Earth. Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him. But it says in the Bible that the father of lies is out to deceive the whole world. To lead as many people astray as he can. Just like he did one third of the angelic host. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Revelations 12.7 In my opinion, the best way to confuse the world, or to lead it astray, is to hide or confuse its past. A washed pig returns to the mud. Charles Darwin was a Freemason His grandfather, his son, and himself all became Freemasons in Scotland. Freemasonry is one of the secret cults hiding Luciferian worshippers and has been since the 1700s. The Masonic theory of the origins of life. The hidden link between Darwin, Marx, Nietzsche, and Hitler. Those generally thought to be the founders of the theory of evolution are the French biologist Jean Lamarck and the English biologist Charles Darwin. According to the classic story, Lamarck first proposed the theory of evolution, but he made the mistake of basing it on the inheritance of acquired traits. Later, Darwin proposed a second theory based on natural selection. Though here we must mention the name of another theoretician who played an important role in the origins of the theory of evolution, Erasmus Darwin, Charles Darwin's grandfather. Erasmus Darwin was a mason. Though Erasmus Darwin was no ordinary Mason, he was one of the highest ranking masters in the organization, a 33rd degree Mason. He was the master of famous Canaan Gate Lodge in Edinburgh, Scotland. Moreover, he had close ties with the Jacobin Masons, who were the organizers of the revolution in France at the time, and with the Illuminati, whose prime cause was fostering hostility to the religion. That is, Erasmus Darwin was an important name in European Masonic anti-religious organizations. Erasmus educated his son Robert, Charles Darwin's father, who too had been made a member of the Masonic Lodge. For this reason, Charles Darwin received the inheritance of Masonic teachings from both his father and his grandfather. Erasmus Darwin hoped to have his son Robert develop and publish his theory, but it would be his grandson Charles who would undertake the Enterprise. Although it comes some time later, Erasmus Darwin's Temple of Nature was finally revised by Charles Darwin. Darwin's views did not have the weight of a scientific theory, it was merely the expressions of a naturalist doctrine that accepts that nature has creative power. The fundamental philosophy of Freemasonry is based on Darwinism. That is because, though having no scientific aspect whatsoever, Darwinism is a fake ideology, with a scientific guise profounded solely to make the mainstays of Freemasonry, atheism, aimlessness, wars, and degeneration legitimate. The Mason magazine, printed in Turkey by the Freemasons, explains why they support evolution theory as follows Darwin's evolution theory showed that many events in the nature are not the work of God. Freemasons try to impose Darwinism as a scientific theory. Darwinism is used as a tool to pave the way for the atheist Masonic powers to spread their deviant belief systems. Therefore, Masons adopt the propagation of this theory as one of their primary duties. Mason Magazine refers to this Masonic duty as, The greatest humane and Masonic duty we all own is to hold on to the positive science. To spread this belief among people and educate them with positive science, Darwinism, by adopting the view that this is the best and only way in evolution. An important example which proves the fact that Darwinism is one of the biggest deceptions of Freemasonry is a resolution carried out in a Mason meeting. The 33rd degree Supreme Council of Mizraim Freemasonry at Paris reveals in its minutes its promotion of evolution as science, while they themselves scoffed at the theory. The minutes read as follows. It is with this object in view, scientific theory of evolution, that we are constantly by means of our presses around a blind confidence in these theories. The intellectuals will puff themselves up with the knowledge and without any logical verification of them will put into effect all the information available from science, which our agent or specialists have cunningly pieced together for the purpose of educating their minds in the direction that we want. Do not suppose for a moment that these statements are empty words. Think carefully of the successes we arranged for Darwinism. Masons only admit that they will use the scientists and media which are under the control of the present this deception as scientific, which even they find funny. When Freemasons talk about the successes they arranged for Darwinism, they actually refer to infiltrating a deception into universities, schools, Textbooks, into most of the mass media, scientific truth, squelching the ones who have anti-Darwinist views, and hindering anti-Darwinist activities by oppression. By means of Darwinism, it was, of course, not difficult for Freemasonry to cause outbreak of hostilities, to commit mass murders, genocide, and racism. Freemasonry drifted the world into a horrible disaster by means of various senior Freemasons. By making Darwinist ideology a basis to its objectives. And by brainwashing methods, this horrible plot caused more than 350 million lives. They experienced the destruction of two world wars without understanding what was going on. In the secret cult of the Order, Antony Sutton states, both Marx and Hitler had their philosophical roots in Hegel. It is here that one arrives at the Hegelian Nexus where Darwin... Marx and Hitler intersect Recall that Nietzscheism, Darwinism, and Marxism Were all mentioned together in the protocols of the wise men of Zion This was no accident Nazism, a variant of fascism Sprung from Nietzscheism Communism sprung from Marxism Both were based on the Hegelian principles Moreover, both were scientific dictatorships Legitimized by the science of Darwinism the interest of both Hitler and Marx in Darwinian evolution is a matter of history. While he was living in London, Karl Marx attended lectures on evolutionary theory delivered by T. H. Huxley. Recognizing the odd synchronicity between the communist concept of class war and the Darwinian principle of natural selection, Marx sent Darwin a copy of Das Kapital in 1873, enamored of evolution. Marx asked Darwin for the permission to dedicate his next volume to him. However, fascism or Marxism, right-wing or left, while the foundation for each of these roads is Darwin's theory of evolution. In fact, in Evolution and Ethics, Keith candidly stated, The German Fuhrer, Hitler, as I have consistently maintained, is an evolutionist. He has consciously sought to make the practice of Germany conform to the theory of evolution. Keith Evolution and Ethics 230 In both the case of Communism and Nazism, the result were enormous bloodbaths. This is the natural consequence of Darwinian thinking and the legacy of the scientific dictatorship. In applying the ideas of Darwin, both Communists and Fascists have murdered millions. Both of these groups find their origins in the elite, the Illuminati, who are still pursuing the same objectives today. According to the Darwinian mantra, of survival of the fittest, victory will demand bloodshed. Atheistic Freemasonry infiltrated the masses under the appearance of Darwinian and led millions of people to be murdered. The system of Satan himself ruined nations and became the primary perpetrator of massacres against believers. The method of this system has always been tried to be shown, as reasonable and thought to be shown to have a scientific base under the veil of evolution. The fact is, however, apart from being bereft of a single scientific proof, every scientific evidence once again demolishes this theory. The fact that Darwinism is a great deception is a certified, proven fact.